welcome back to the podcast, everyone. On this episode of Fillout Hoarders, we just wanted to kind of reminisce about our childhood and some of our more memorable stories, whether they're crazy or just like hilarious or, you know, just we can't believe it happened still kind of stuff. So really, we're just going to kind of dive right into it and start sharing as they come up. Uh, do you want to go first? Uh, yeah, I okay. do want to go first because on the last episode, we were talking about um, a couple of just memories and stories that mm-hmm. we had and things we did as kids. And I remember the Avatar show having a huge impact yeah. on us. And we spent a lot of time playing out in the woods pretending we could control the elements. I was Earth, if you can't already tell by the vibes <laughs> that I put off. But so, I was in charge of the rocks. Of course. And figuring out where we sat, figuring out where was a good place to play, where the deer go. Because somehow I could tell where the deer you could, went. You could, it was Earth. And I could control all those things. But one day we were out at my cousin's house. And we were uh, playing Avatar. And we were down by a little creek. And whenever you're a kid, maybe it was just me and my friends and family. But whenever we were kids and we saw wet mud, sand, mm-hmm. it was quicksand. Anytime, it was always right. quicksand. I accidentally stepped in the quicksand, and I lost a little blue sandal. And I wish I could describe to you the material of the sandal, because it was the way they used to make them in, like, the 90s. It was almost like a scrunchy... Oh, was it kind of like... Yeah, they were like... They do, like, a weird thing and where really like, squiggly. Yeah, squiggly. Like, kind of yes. spongy. Yes, I know exactly so what you're I had a about. bright blue one, and oh. I stepped in the quicksand, and it was gone. It came off of my foot, it stayed in the mud... And it was gone for years. We used to go down and look for it and try to find it. And I just, you know, kind of accepted the fact that I was never going to see it again. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you lose, you lose something in quicksand, you're never going to get it back. Right, it's but eaten it, by the earth. It was like, I think six years later, maybe, I was back at my cousin's house and my aunt had it on her table outside and she said, Hey, Haley, we found that sandal that you lost like six years ago. I lost my mind. This was such a big deal in my life as a kid. Right. Losing the sandal and the fact that they found it, I lost it. I couldn't believe it. I I talked about it like for the rest of the day probably, for yeah. the rest of the week. I couldn't get over it. You wouldn't think that that would happen and who knows where they even found it because they didn't explain to me where they found it or Probably if it just came just back up. It could have just came back up, but like... The quicksand. 500 feet that way. Yeah. You know? It's so weird how that works. This one isn't as, as exciting, but I only actually thought of it because of you. Uh, it's really not exciting at all. But I had a similar situation with this ring I'm wearing. It's my class ring. I lost it for like a year. And then one Wait, day... when, like when, where, do you remember? I don't... See, that's the thing. I just... One day it was just empty from my life. Oh. Um, I think I took it off one time while I was driving because it's the only thing that makes sense to me because maybe I was just like hot and sometimes your fingers get like swollen and I was like, I'm going to take it off because I'm just not whatever. And I just lost it. And it just never came back. And, like, years later, I was cleaning out my car, and it was underneath one of the seats. And I'm just, like, it It felt to me like it just spawned there. <laughs> like, oh, it just disappeared one and day. And then it came back into this, you know, reality, and I found it. Um, but the actual story I wanted to tell. So I am a procrastinating overachiever. So I will put stuff off until the very last minute, and then I will do my best to go way above and beyond the instructions to make it good. I feel like it's, to me mentally, I don't ever think about it this way, but I feel like it's probably because I'm trying to like make up for the fact that I'm procrastinating. I decide to like go above and beyond with it. So in eighth grade, we had a lot of book reports we had to do. And for those book reports, we had to write, you know, like a certain essay, answer some questions. But the other thing we had to do was a project. That project could literally be as simple as making an advertisement for this book. Um, to, we had like a list that we could choose from, but there was also an option of like, do whatever you want. You know, if you get really creative, do what you want. So most of the time, I went crazy above and beyond. I made an entire Percy Jackson board game using my mom to help me. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we printed an entire movie-sized movie poster for the host before it was even going to become a movie. Uh, my mom had access to a printing company, and I used the oh, heck out of it. Yeah. We literally had to, we cut and crafted an entire cardboard box into like a sliding thing. I still have the Percy Jackson board game, in fact. We should just not make it. patent it. Well, they, Percy Jackson already has a board game now, oh, really? but they <laughs> didn't at the time. And honestly, we could bring it up and play it. It's at my parents' house. That'd be fun. like. Anyways, so the actual story is, though, for one of them, I read the Warrior Cats books, and if you guys don't know what Warrior Cats is, it's basically a story about 
you will, you're, the, the cats, and they have, like, clans, and there's four different clans, and they have their own set boundaries, and, like, it's about the conflicts that happen, whether it's from a completely separate clan or, like, within the clans themselves. But I was an animal lover, so this was, like, my jazz. So I decided to make a movie trailer for a Warrior Cats book. So I went out to my friend's house. She had two cats and a beagle puppy. Oh, And we filmed this thing, like... I used text narration, I added in, I was using Windows Movie Maker or something to like edit this, but I just didn't remember us like taking the day, we kept trying to get the cat to go walk across the dam in the ba- in their backyard that held the lake from like going anywhere else, and we were just like, we gotta get this shot, and like, I just remember that. That's amazing. Like, we just went out to her house, and I was like, let's go, film it. Well, that, I think that's really cool, especially in the fact that you still are interested in that kind of thing. Yeah, it's weird. I was like... Also, her cat's name was Simba, and then years later they found out it was a female, so her name was Nala. Oh, I think I remember you telling me that in high school. You're like, oh, hey, guys, by the way, my friend just found out that her cat is a female. So it's now Nala, not Simba anymore. I remember, um, because I, whenever I got a camera, I was instantly into making little short yeah. videos. And my cousin Harley is just, like, a natural... I could actor. almost say, like, actor, comedian, he, really he can is. do everything, he's and if natural. he's in the room with you... You can literally throw him into any situation, give him, like, three, like, here's what you're supposed to do, and he just takes it, and yeah. just... He'll like, do it, he'll do a great job, so and he can make anyone laugh. He's a hilarious human being. And so okay. I decided he was going to be the star of a video. I'm not exactly sure what the theme was, but I remember... It's a video, that's what later, <laughs> Yeah, I remember later in high school finding the SD card that had this video information oh on God. it. And I just remember him coming in from a bedroom, and, and this was shot in my house, and he, like, picks up an item of clothing, and he smells it, and he, like, gags, and then he puts it on, and he goes to the living room, and all I remember after that is him seeing... We had stuffed cats. Mm-hmm. We weren't going to use real cats, mm-hmm. because this was extreme. I just remember we... We set it up so that he did something that made the cat explode. He threw a remote and the cat exploded, but we didn't know how to do that at the time. We didn't even use Windows Movie Maker. Uh We just took the clips and just had it as that. Yeah, that's all you did. That's all you did. You literally, you just filmed him how they were supposed to be filmed. So we just imagined the explosion. (laughs) We just imagined the explosion and everything that it was supposed to be. And just hope that maybe one day we'd have the technology. You should, you should go back and edit those. I think, so we, we oh had a friend God. in high school who took digital media and I mm-hmm. gave him them. And he did it. He did it later. Because it's beautiful. I, uh, he probably still has them on file somewhere. I could, I can message him. So, this also reminded me of something. This is how we kind of wanted to go, is just remind each other of things. So, when I was babysitting still, there was these kids I babysat for about three years or so, and I got a Windows Surface tablet at some point during my time babysitting them. And we figured out that this Windows Surface, because they wanted to play with it, you know, because they're kids. They weren't actually that young. I think the oldest, I mean, the youngest he ever was was probably like 11 or something. You know, he was maybe 10, but they just wanted them to have a supervisor there because... Anyways, you know, babysitting. So we figured out that I could download a movie editing app onto the Surface, and the Surface itself could record things. So we were constantly oh. making films. Yes. We, like, had ones where their cats got turned super size, and so we used Barbies to replicate them running away from the cats. We had situations where, like, my brother was there, and he was, like, if I was 17, he was 13. So he was still very, like, my brother has always been passionate about, like, he's still, he's, he's a kid. You know, and he was like the super villain and the whole plot is we made an entire fort out of blankets in the basement which was the spaceship and then he we had a play fridge and he was like out of coffee so he raided the earth of all the coffee and these kids were the three actors like they did everything so so one time he's like one of the kids was the news anchor and then also the superhero at the same time so he was like the news anchor and he's like day 13 without coffee and then he'd like fall asleep and then he'd wake up for a second and just like it was so much fun and we'd have goofs with it and then there was one where the three of them put on a fake news show and at the end the cops came in and were like you know you're doing something illegal and they had to like run and throw pillows at the cops off screen and like i had to be the cop even though the camera was set up on like we had because the surface comes with like a way to prop it up which was like genius at the time it was like pre-pop socket but it was like it came with its own stand to hold itself up so i had it holding itself up with a combination of that and like a a book and i had to run in and be like the cops like chasing them away and like i bet it was great (laughs) i bet they look back on that memory with as much like 
joy as you do. Like, they're probably thinking to themselves on occasion, we had the best babysitter that one time. Do you remember those movies? Because that's so we creative. We rewatched them, too. We would just, like, oh, I'd come over and let's be like, let they be like, let's watch the movie again. Like, let's watch uh, it again. Wow. And also, another way I was the best babysitter, I let them... One time they had like a cousin over and the cousin had left and they still hadn't unblown or put away the mattress for it. So I was like, all right, I'm going to supervise you guys. But we put like three mattresses at the bottom of the stairs with blankets and pillows and everything. And I let them mattress slide down the steps. It like was safe. Like seven times. But I had to like supervise. Yeah, it's like their parents get on and watch this podcast and you immediately get a phone call. Hey, we I know, know what you was, did. I know this is five years ago. And nobody got hurt in the end. No, here's the thing. They're gonna, like, find this podcast five years from now. They're gonna call me and be like, we're watching your podcast. And I'm, we're on episode 100. And I'm gonna be like, which episode? <laughs> Where are you at? <laughs> yeah, we're gonna be way deep into the podcast. That's funny. Deep into I podcast. used to do a couple of babysitting things, but gigs. Uh, so I had regulars. So like, you know, I was, you, I, were, like, you were very good with kids. I like Congratulations. Kids. You're Thanks. one of the lucky ones who actually <laughs> likes kids. <laughs> I'm, uh, I taught children taekwondo, so I kind of have to like them a little bit. Oh, yes. I'm one of the many millennials who hates kids and never plans on having any. Subscribe if you agree. <laughs> Smash that like button. Smash that like button if you hate kids. <laughs> I don't know. Smash I, the retweet I was button. an okay babysitter. Every time that I babysat, I remember I... I was with a friend who was babysitting. I wasn't the babysitter. I was just with the friend. Just there. She was the one getting paid. And both of the kids ended up liking me better in the end. And she was it's so upset about it. It's because you didn't have to enforce the rules. And you I was just new and I was them. just fun. Yeah. And I was digging through one of the kids' closets uh, and I found his Nerf gun stash. And I was like, okay, it's starting now. <laughs> and I just like, <laughs> we just began through the whole house. We just had a Nerf war. But, uh, and then I also, she got so upset with that. She was so sad. And I, I knew it wasn't my fault. Yeah. It's like, they're just kids. They don't understand what's going on. Yeah. But I, I babysat my cousins a lot. And I just remember, I was pretty hard on them when it came to doing chores. Because I could be a little bit harder. They were my cousins. And they were a little bit upset and bitter about it. But whenever they did it, I always made sure to cook them, like, a phenomenal meal. Mm -hmm. Or a phenomenal dessert. Their parents had all the ingredients you could ever need for anything, mm -hmm. and all the cookbooks. And I just went wild. I love cooking. And they... It wasn't recently, but after I stopped babysitting for them, they were like, Haley, we miss the amazing meals you used to make for us. They're like, we miss you. Uh, we miss you, Haley. Uh, for the most part, I hate babysitting. So going back to the babysitting, uh, have you ever heard of Camera Obscura? That sounds familiar. So basically it's this phenomenon. It's actually something that happened towards the beginning of the invention of the camera. Someone accidentally discovered this and it led to the invention of the camera. If you're in a room, completely pitch black, except for like a hole, like about this big, and like the window. Uh, so the way light works is it travels strictly in a straight line. So if there were light coming off of this, it would hit the ground straight down. And then the bottom would hit the ground straight that way. So light actually flips images and our eyes actually see upside down but our brain processes it and flips it for us. Um, they proved this by doing a study where they made people wear glasses that made their eyes see upside down and after like a week of like migraines their eyes flipped the image again and they took the glasses off and their vision was back So everything down. is upside down? Naturally, yes. So the way this works is you have just a pinhole of light. You literally have to seal off everything. You cannot have any light coming in but this like pinhole of light. And then you let your eyes adjust and you can literally see the outside world upside down and projected all across your room. And the really phenomenal part about it is that first you're like, oh, this is really cool. But what's really cool is seeing someone walk. They're like walking outside and you see them walking in your room upside down. That's and that's creepy. when you realize that it's like live. Like this isn't just like a pretty projection. This is like you actually seeing the outside world. So what we were doing is we took one of the kids' bedrooms and literally I did this entire thing for him. It involved a lot of cardboard, duct tape, like comforters because you really have to block out all the light from the window. Um, and then one of them would go outside and run around and we'd sit in there and be like, ooh, ah, like watching them run around upside down on the ceiling and they'd wow. be doing like the silly dance moves kids do where they're like, you know, oh like that gosh. kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh my god. That's but it was funny. like, 
I wish we could, I, I thought about it recently, about doing it here, but it's just like you literally have to block off so much light. We'd have to put something at the base of the door because even that much light, like coming through, ruin it. you wouldn't think about the fact that there's light coming through the bottom of the door to our apartment, but there is, and that's like enough to ruin the entire thing. Yeah, I would love to see that though, because I've never experienced that before. Yeah, I've experienced it like two or three times, because we did it at my house, I did it at a summer camp, which is where I should it, which is where I learned about it. They did it for us. Um, and then yeah. yeah that's really awesome so when you were talking about taping blankets <laughs> up to the walls it made me think of my fondest blanket fort experience as a kid yeah i have some good blanket fort experiences as an adult which, those are which we can great. get into later <laughs> but i remember on occasion my sister and i would go to we called them aunt and uncle, but I think they were more of a cousin. Mm -hmm. We would go to their house, and they lived in town, in mm -hmm. our hometown. And they were, I think, still newly married. They mm -hmm. were fresh at the whole marriage thing, and they were so happy together in their little home. And it was something that was so beautiful, and I always loved seeing as a kid. Yeah. Because you see that, and you just think, this is what I want. Yeah. But, so anyway, they were babysitting us on occasion, and I remember them going extremely out of their way to build us the most magnificent blanket fort ever in their living room and it just took us the whole thing uh i'm not sure if there were string lights but let's just throw this in for the fun of the story it was magical and everything a kid could ever want and uh we all sat in it together there was lots of pillows and padding on the floor and we had popcorn and we just watched movies and that was just a really good memory as a kid having. Yeah. I love that. I don't know what made me think of this, but I remembered a memory. So You remembered a memory? I remembered a memory. So as a kid, um, I didn't really have many, like, there's some kids who have, like, neighbors who are, like, their best friends, or, like, you were lucky uh, to have, like, family who was nearby who was your yeah. best friend. I didn't super have that, um, but two doors down from me, so there was a house between us, I discovered that um, a girl from our class lived there and were cousins, and I didn't didn't realize this till she was in my class and we realized but she was only there sometimes because it was her it was at the time her mom's boyfriend it's now her stepdad mm -hmm. um house so occasionally they'd be over there and occasionally they wouldn't be and if they were over there we used the home phone and they'd be like is caitlin home and i'd call over is you know is she home like that kind of thing home like phones. home phone you memorize you had to memorize people's phone numbers like you know wow that kind of stuff but um what we do sometimes is we would both take our DS's and we would sit at the very edge of our yards with the neighbor's yard between ours and we would like try to trade Nintendogs, we'd like shout at each other and like we'd get on picto chat and we'd like just hang out sitting at the edge of the yard like playing together and like that was like, that's just what you did. That was your own, you didn't have texting, you had Nintendo DS. I remember picto chat. Like, picto chat. You, you were really fancy if you'd color the whole screen and then use the eraser right with. Yes. You were so fancy if you did that. Yes! I That was the first thing I wanted to do when I got on the PictoChat. I was like, I'm on a mission. And you just like, you spent like 30 minutes. <laughs> because like, you're, you're writing at literally like this tiny like one pixel line. And so yeah. you're still really trying to get every single dot. And the DS screens really weren't that sensitive because it's meant for kids. Yeah. You know, it would just break the touch screen super fast if it was more sensitive than it was. Yeah, you know? true. And, I, yeah. I remember my sister and I had DSIs, we each had pink ones, and we didn't have many people to like interact with because right. we did live in the middle of nowhere and our cousins, our cousins were more of the, what are those, they were like PlayStation ones? What are those called? PSPs? PlayStation players? PSPs. They were more PSP kind of people. <laughs> but I remember meeting a friend, we used to go camping all the time, there's mm -hmm. a state park. I'm not exactly sure where in Missouri it is, but it's called Sam A. Baker and if you're from Missouri. And you've been there, congratulations, because it's an amazing place, and you probably think so too. We met a little girl there who was our age at the time, named Sarah, and we spent almost the whole camping trip after we found out that she had, you know, Nintendos just like ours. Yeah, that's all you did. Playing with each other's that's Nintendos. Yeah, it was amazing. Did you ever, time. did you ever have like, so I didn't ride the bus, but you know, in case you'd take them for field trips and you'd be like, who has the DS <laughs> And you'd be like, I do! Man, let's play some Mario Kart! Because what was really cool about Mario is only one person had to have the Mario game and then everyone else could do DS download play to play the Mario really? game with them. Yeah, so Mario Kart and Mario Party 
only one person had to have the game, and then you can have up to like seven other friends playing with you, even if they didn't have the game. And it was like, <coughs> that was the best thing, because it was so hard to find someone who had the same game as you. Yeah. Um, and you would just play the heck out of it. I don't, I don't remember, I must not have had that like ability at the time. I'm now getting distinct memories of something. <laughs> so, <laughs> Throw it out there. So, whenever I was in middle school and elementary school, I always had after school care till about 4.30 or uh, sometimes 5, normally 4.30 though, because my parents didn't get off work till then. School cut out at like 3 or 2.30 or something. So yeah. we, there was like always a set group of kids who were always at daycare and you just became good friends with them. So the older kids had study hall at after school care before they got to go outside and it was an opportunity for you to do homework. It was all like the middle school age kids, so like 5th or 8th grade. Yeah. Well, we would find, we had this like corner of the library that was really hidden and secluded and eventually Ooh. because of us no one else could sit there because we messed because we were too doing stupid stuff back there they banned everyone from sitting back there after a while <gasps> but we would like bring our ds's and we'd sit there like so if you don't know about nintendogs you have to use the voice commands sometimes to teach them to like sit or whatever oh, and yeah. if you got a new dog you had to be able to speak to say their names that was the worst part about it if you ever got a new dog and you realized you weren't somewhere where they could hear you you'd like i'd put my hoodie over my head i would have the ds like right here <laughs> trying to like say the dog's name but like we had this thing where like i would be the person that they'd hand the ds to and i'd be like sit and I'd be like whispering, sit. And like, <laughs> then the dog would sit and you'd feed it a little treat really fast. Like, yeah. good job. And like, we just goofed around in that corner. And like, that was just our corner. And we had so Ew. much fun back there. And then I remember one time, and this was in a different corner after that corner got banned. Um, <laughs> we, I, one of my friends drew on my face with a marker. And like, it wasn't much apparently. But they just kept telling me that I hadn't gotten it off when it wasn't even there to begin with. So I was like, well, fine. And I just took the marker and I drew no. all over my face. And I was like, fine, if there's going to be one spot there, then all of it's going to be there. And the teacher's like, what the hell are you guys doing? Thing. <laughs> and I was just like spiteful. I was like, you guys. Oh my god. Oh my god. <sighs> I used to do the stupidest stuff when I was in elementary school. <laughs> me is five-year-old being like <laughs> yeah well you do like the stupidest stuff to like make people think that you're cool uh-huh like i remember i was in and this is a stupid story and i'm so embarrassed to even say it but we're here yeah i remember i was in the restroom mm -hmm. and two girls came in and i knew them and i wanted to be friends with them so mm -hmm. i was like i want to say that i did something crazy and funny to make them laugh and make them like me because yeah. when you're a kid you don't think about it you just think about what you want yeah and so I, cut, I like bust out of the bathroom, so I was like, I put my head in the toilet, because I was like, I'm funny, and mm -hmm. they're going to understand that I was joking. And then they went and told the teacher. They were like, Haley put her head in the toilet, and the teacher had to sit down with me and just tell me why I shouldn't do that. And I just sat there and didn't even say that I just made it up. I just you took all, it. I like, took it like, okay, I won't ever do it again. <laughs> I guess. Don't try to impress your friends <laughs> by putting your fake head in the toilet. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. I remember in preschool, uh, they told us not to eat Play-Doh, right? Because you just, you're not supposed to eat Play-Doh. But ours was homemade Play-Doh. And so I would take little pieces and I would eat it. And Play-Doh, if you don't know, if you've never eaten homemade Play-Doh before, it's super duper salty. I mean, yeah. salty, salty, <laughs> salty. I would like eat a little bit and I'd sprint over to the water fountain and like take a drink because I was like, <laughs> that was like too much. Yeah. And I just remember like we'd always, like before nap time, we'd always watch, I think it was like uh, Dragonland. We'd get to watch an episode of Dragonland where they're like, come along, take my hand. Wait, wait, wait. That's the one where they had the magic rock? Yep. That was, that was a dragon scale. Show. That was a dragon scale. That was the best. Yeah. So we'd watch that for nap time, then we had to go to sleep. And like me and my friend would be like, we'd be like pretending to sleep. We'd be like, Psst, like at each other, yeah. and they'd be like, go to sleep. Do you remember when Psst was a thing? When you were Psst. so young, that Psst was a thing. It's always a thing. Yeah, forever. I never Psst someone recently. You ever Psst someone? I'm they gonna don't, they don't understand. <laughs> I'm gonna like go to somebody in Walmart. Psst. Um, okay. Man, I'm. I'm gonna buy all of the dragon. Is it dragon's tail? It's like dragon tails, like a story. dragon tails. Yeah, that's what it is. I'm going to totally buy those for my goddaughter. I'm gonna get you all should. Those. Oh my god, yes. I have such fond memories of that show. It was good. Um, so you were saying the Play-Doh story. Uh huh. I remember it was a little bit higher in elementary school, maybe mm -hmm. like fifth grade ish, mm -hmm. where we started doing projects with those big, huge, like 
poster boards where it was like foldable. Mm -hmm. I don't remember what the project was. I don't remember what it was about. I just remember having a big poster board and having to do work to make mm -hmm. a real thing. And my project was about Play-Doh. And I made recipes for Play-Doh. Mm -hmm. I did regular Play-Doh and then I did edible. Because everybody wants to eat Play-Doh. Yeah. And it was made of peanut butter and it was still, it's still, you know what, tasted just like regular peanut Play-Doh. It was just okay if you <laughs> swallowed it. And everybody in class went nuts. They were like, oh my god, it's the best thing ever. Yeah. And that's my Play-Doh story. <laughs> so I'm gonna jump ahead to eighth grade. So if you don't know, normally senior year of high school, you get like a senior skip day, right? Well, because our, the parochial school I went to, which if you don't know, it's like a private, like some sort of religious school, um, it was preschool through eighth grade. And after that, our school did not have a high school that was associated with it. Um, there were just options of places you could go to that were similar. Um, so because of that, our eighth graders were kind of treated like seniors of high school. Oh, and so yeah. we got an eighth grade skip day. Um, so on eighth grade skip day, I distinctly remember me and two of my friends went to our local Walmart and we played hide and seek throughout that Walmart. There was at one point a lady like chasing us around trying to like, <gasps> like kicking us out. She's like, get out! Oh my Can't gosh. do that. But like I remember going into like the tire section and like moving a tire and like getting behind it. And like we would hide in the clothes racks and like that was like a baller time. Like that yeah. was fun. It's like really well, that's not the only story of me getting kicked out of somewhere. And that wasn't like really kicked out. But we went to Target down in Cape and this was like with Kevin's and like Kayla and like oh, those people. Yeah. And we did like a conga line and we kept trying to bring people into it and we kept like <gasps> like talking. That sounds to amazing. I would do that now. And the Target employee was like, We're gonna have to ask you guys to leave. Oh that's so sad. He's like, I'm really sorry, but you guys have to go and we're like Okay. <laughs> that sounds like a if I was like drunk in public, uh -huh, that's, that's what like, I would do. I would start a conga line. I would go somewhere where there's a ton of people. You're just like, hey, conga. That sounds like a really fun time. If I do that, I'm going to make sure to mention it on the podcast. Oh I'll let God. you guys know because I'm going to stay true to my word. Um, but that reminds me, if we're talking about, you know, a couple of stories from when we were in school. I don't remember what grade it was, but it was still in elementary school. Uh, I went to a Catholic school. Mm -hmm. And... We're not really supposed to write in some of the books, but we had one that it was okay to write in mm -hmm. for assignments and such. Yeah. I remember just doodling. Actually, most of my memories from school are of me doodling. I doodle a lot, if you don't know. But in one of my religion books, I lost interest in the subject, as always, for me. And I just started <laughs> drawing in this book, and there's a lot of like kids in it, pictures of children, pictures of... Jesus and all the people associated with him. And I may or may not have drawn devil horns or also a Hitler mustache. And when you're doing it, you don't care because you're like, ha, ha, like I'm funny and I'm just gonna do this. And then afterwards, and I looked down at it and I kind of like looked up at my teacher and I thought, if someone sees this, I'm gonna be in so much trouble. I just broke out in a hard sweat. I was like, I can't let anyone see my religion book. I have to burn this after school is over. <laughs> I was so scared. Okay, so in my program school that we went to in fifth grade, we all got a Bible. Or maybe even earlier than that. And it was like everyone in your class had the same exact Bible and you also had the same exact like Martin Luther uh thing that you had to study for communion. I don't even know what that was called anymore. It was like a little blue book and it was like Martin Luther and like it was about the things that they had to be posted Ooh. on the board and you had to like study them by 8th grade. Yeah. Um, so we were all horrible and it was super common to like doodle on the side of your Bible. So like, you know, it's like this thick. We would take, we just draw. Yeah. Just draw on it. And that was normal. And I still have it. The binding is completely separated from wow. it. It says like Holy Bible on the side of it. Like I drew Holy Bible. I drew like a stick figure and it says like lol on it. You had to get really good to like make straight lines because that's like where the pages are. So you had to like yeah, be really practiced to like get those lines. Yeah, you can't mess with that. Yeah. Well, oh the, you, you got to keep that one, right? Yeah, that's it's your mine. Personal one. See, I, I got to keep that religion book. So I thankfully threw it away as soon as I had the opportunity. So nobody caught me. Oh my but we had a book. It was everybody in the school got math books. Mm -hmm. And you had to give them back at the end of the year. And I didn't realize that at the end of the year, my teacher was going to say, if you drew on, what, would it, what did you call it? The like binding? The side. If yeah. you drew on that part of the book, or in any part of the book, you're going to, you know, detention, you have to buy a new book, or something bad's going to happen. And I drew... A snowman. <laughs> I think I drew a snowman. I drew a snowman on like the I side. Totally drew a snowman on the side and of my I, I, 
another situation. I was sweating. I turned because everybody had to get up individually and go hand it to him one at a time. And then he inspected the book and then he put it away. And I was so scared. I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm like, you think about the consequences. No, and I handed it to him. And he looked at it. And he stopped. And then he put it up with all the rest of them. And I was like, thank God. I was like, I'm done. I'm done doodling in books forever. Oh my God. <laughs> so in middle school, we had like... So this, this, these students I was with, I was literally with them from preschool to kindergarten. It was the same, like, 20 people. We were just in a class together. You kind of become very close, either friends or horrible enemies. Like, that's just the oh, two yeah. options that you have. But our class was relatively close-knit, especially by eighth grade year. We kind of got over a bunch of immaturity that we had, yeah. you know, because eighth grade is just super mature. Anyway, <laughs> so we had, like, a select group of stories that just the entire class knew about, and it was about our class history, kind of, and we would just share them every once in a while. So two of the stories that I distinctly remember to this day is one of our students one of my fellow classmates back in third grade his mom was like observing the class for the day because i think she was going to school for her teaching degree so she like came and got to observe oh. the class and the teacher at one point was like hey you know so and so do you want to introduce the person here and he goes uh this is my mommy and like it was like third grade and that's just like the fact that he called her mommy still like in the middle of class was like hilarious like that was the hilarious like peak of comedy and we like still talk about it and it was just still like tons of laughs the other one is one of the people or my peers parents were drunk one time and they needed someone to come like get them because they were drunk and they at school no they were it was like this was no this was like a separate time but it's a story that we told at school because it was okay. just hilarious okay so they're like we have multiple roads that are just letters in our town. So we have like B, V, M, E, um, P, all these places. Yeah, double B. And so she was like, look, this is just the part that we always quoted. Because we just like skim over the rest because this was the funny part. She's like, we're either on E road or P road. Just tell them we're peeing on E road. And that was just like, that was the peak of God. It was like wow. her saying we're peeing on E road because she couldn't figure out if they were on E road or P road. And that was, that was it. That was the peak of God. with my class as a whole. I, it, it's not like they put me to the side. I kind of like put myself to the side. I don't really belong I didn't with fit in with a lot people. of them either. I feel that. I found my people in high school in this one. Yeah. Aww. Thanks. <sighs> I don't think I have many memories with people's moms though. I did get invited to like a pool party one time. It was everybody who was in my Catholic school. We went to a pool party and I was like, hey guys, by the way, I'm leaving this school. Bye. Bye. <laughs> it's probably the last time you're all gonna see me. Bye. I still have because when you were in our school, mm -hmm. well, my Catholic school went until you could graduate yeah. from that school, but I left in ninth grade, mm -hmm. and we had an event in that grade where we contributed one small item that pretty much represented you as a mm -hmm. whole for a time capsule. Oh. And like our discussion earlier when we said if you were a horse person as a kid, you most likely ended up being a wolf person later on. <laughs> I was going through my wolf person phase when, when we did that. Okay. And so I contributed a little wooden wolf figurine. Mm -hmm. So it is buried in dirt somewhere. In and one dirt. of these days that whole class is going to be there and they're going to dig it up and it's going to be... That's I'm not going to be either. iconic. You're not going to be there. Not Hopefully they'll remember me. How could you be forgotten? Remember that one girl who was really weird and stuck her head in the toilet? <laughs> That's what they remember about you is the toilet thing. So we did something similar when I was in seventh grade. We had to write letters to our future selves. We gave our teacher our address and like she was gonna mail them to us when we graduated high school. And she did it. And I like forgot about it until I graduated high school. And it was such a weird experience because there was stuff in it that I just didn't remember anymore. Oh, you know? Yeah. And it kind of reminds me of how like I don't know if you ever did this, but like, so for example, password hints. If you have a password for something and they make you give a hint for it, so then in case you're trying to, you forget it, you're trying to remember, you have to give a hint. Like some of my password hints used to be my most commonly used password, and it's like, you know, that's terrible. 
And to me, I know what that means right now, but like, I saw this post on Tumblr recently that was like, this girl's like, I got on my computer that I have when I was 11 for the first time in forever, and I checked out the password hint, it literally says, I know my password, I don't need this hint, so if you're trying to check this hint and you don't know the password, then you're not me and you don't have permission to be on my computer, and that's what it said, and I was like, oh my god, that's like, you know, thinking about, like, do you ever go back and read stuff from when you were a kid, and like, the stuff that was like, important to you then, or stuff like, you completely forgot about, you read it, and you're like, oh yeah. Like, I used to think about that kind of stuff, or I used to, like, worry about that kind of stuff. Like, I don't know, like, there was, like, many times when I was very obsessed with, like, Power Rangers shows. I just kind of, like, not that I forgot, but, like, I would go back and I'd have, like, extensive details written down. And I was just like, I forgot all of these details. (laughs) Like, you know? Like, that kind of stuff. Or, like, I forgot that I had a pen pal in middle school. One of my questions, I think, to myself, when I was in seventh grade, to my senior self, was, like, do you, are you still friends with that pen pal? It's like, Aww. no, we weren't friends anymore. Not, not because we weren't friends anymore. We just, she moved and we just, just kind of lost communication when she said it. Yeah. Yeah, you know? I understand. That makes sense. I wish I would have had something like that. I went to a school with a guy who just did that to himself. He's like, I will write notes to my future self and hide them in a place where I know either I'm going to lose them or just wait to open them for mm-hmm. years later. He's like, and I'll go back and read them. I was like, that's that's really cool. First of all, that he does that. Second of all, that he actually has the mental power to wait. Because I know I if I were to note to myself, I would go back and find it. And that's why I do journaling, but... It's like you can go back and read that yourself. I can go whatever. back and read that anytime, but I know the longer I wait, the more valuable it's gonna be to me. And also later. the more fresh it is. Like, you're like, I forgot all this stuff. Yeah, like, and there's still a lot you, of like, stuff. Remember. Right. All these really cool things. Yeah, there's still a lot of stuff in my first one, which I started in 2016, that I don't remember now. Mm-hmm. But I'm so thankful that I started journaling. Yeah. It really has helped me uh, tremendously in just remembering things. Yeah. And it's going to be helpful when I'm an old lady, just like in the notebook, and my beautiful husband reads them to me, and I'm forgetful, and I remember. <laughs> so, like, speaking of journaling, I've been writing stories since I was, like, literally in third grade. I've been writing stories, whether they're, like, five pages long, or literally I wrote novels in middle school. Like, yeah. in my opinion, they were novels. They were long. They were long, complete stories. I wrote three stories in a trilogy, and I was working on a fourth that I just never finished. Um, but... Along with that, I was, a, I was a pretty avid reader. I would literally have books all the time with me, and I would just have them under my desk, and I'd be reading like this. Kind of like one at would- At school? At school, all the time. During class, I would not pay attention, I'd be reading. And like, I remember one of my teachers in middle school, he was my fifth grade teacher, and of the four teachers, he was my least favorite. And he did this thing that we like to imitate all the time, where he'd go, ah. <laughs> And he'd just be like, ah, like so offended, and he like, called me out on it several times because you know I'm not supposed to be reading in the middle of the class while he's trying to teach me and so he pulls me aside one time and I just I don't remember any of it but I basically remember being like him being like why do you do this and I'm just like in my head I'm like because it's boring I already know all this stuff I was very much through eighth grade I like I'm not ashamed to admit I was ahead of my class like I always knew what was going on I never had to like study for things I was just there I, I knew it so like I'd get bored in class and so I'd read or what I discovered later was that writing is actually easier to do in class than reading is because you have a notebook out and you could be taking notes, but I'm not. I'm writing like a very detailed story while the teacher's wow. talking. I'm just sitting there like narrating stuff. But I just like remember that memory of like, I would do that in class all the time. I'd just be like reading under my desk. Well, I just always have a book. I guess that's, that's, that's way better than anything else it could have been. Totally. I've heard stories of people, and one, this is high school, like, doing some crazy stuff during mm-hmm. class. Like, I don't know how you could get away with the stuff these people did during class. Like, I don't even think I want to get into it, but that's that's good. That's productive. Yeah. That's safe. It's good for your health. One of the other things that I remember that I was actually going to say along with the story and I just kind of forgot. So there was this book series that I read called Artemis Fowl. I was one of the people in the, at least in my class, that actually like avidly used the library. We had a program called AR. I don't know if you guys had AR. Yep. It was like Accelerated Reader. Basically we had to read a certain amount of books and take a certain amount of tests and get a certain amount of points to just like pass. I was always way above that, but we could use our AR points in like this shop to buy like cutesy little knickknacks. We had like candies and like little flashlights Did and little the shop animals. only come like twice a year for you? Our shop was always open. What? Yeah, so anytime you had a certain amount of points, as long as you had already met, met your point goal, so you had to reach your point goal, and then after that you could start spending your points. Like, you could do that. But basically, I read a lot of books that no one else read. Like, Warrior's Cats, no one else read that in my school. Inkheart, no one else read that in my school. Artemis Fowl was the same way. No one else read that. At least in my grade, it was just, they didn't read that. They also, I was also higher reading level than 
a, a couple of my classmates. So like yeah. there was a couple of my friends who were also nerdy readers. I had like one. She was about the same level as me, and we would always read the same stuff. And that's just because no one else was reading it, so we would. But Artemis Fowl is about this boy genius, which I realized. I don't know about you, but looking back at some of these stories, like, reading about 12-year-olds, like, traveling around the world, like, um, cracking, like, civilizations and stuff, like, as a kid, you're like, yes, this is great, and now I'm just like, where are your parents? Yeah, right. <laughs> Get out of there! But anyways, so, like, he discovered this fairy language that lives under the earth, and they have another language, and he was able to decode the language himself, and across the bottom of every single book was a story written in that language. Yeah. And it was just in there. And I didn't realize at the time, because the internet wasn't super duper, like it was a thing, but it wasn't like as Big. As, as it is now. Yeah. There's a there's like a decoder online that you could use, but I decoded it myself. There was wow. like, on the front of the book, there was like a, a passage, and I knew that that passage was also written inside the book. So I went there and I matched up every single symbol to letters and there were some that weren't in there so I'd have to be like spelling out a word and there'd be one that I didn't understand so I'd have to use context clues to figure it out. And I had an entire code where I could decode this entire thing. I wrote them all out and that's like what I did. And then I started using it sometimes in my journals. I would like, if there's something I didn't want anyone else to know, I'd write it in that language. But like now I don't know it so I'd have to like go go back. But like, I was bored and I just like, I was like, I'm gonna crack this. And it was pretty easy. But like, It was like, I was pretty proud of myself. I was like, ah, you cracked yeah. it and no one else has. Like, Well, yeah, and whoever was, like, you could have been the first person who put that on the internet if you realized that at the time the people was, like, were going to, yeah, and people were going to demand that later because yes. you don't think about it at the no, time. that wasn't something that you'd think about. Now it's something you would think about. And like, it's probably already on the internet. It would have, like, the by the time you thought about it, someone else already did it. Yeah, thank God for those people, too. Yeah. And, and thank those God people for people, good. yeah, and thank God for people who upload lyric videos, or yes. lyric Lyrics in general. Because sometimes I don't know what Do you remember saying. what lyric videos were like when we were in middle school versus what they are now? Like, they were people using, like, PowerPoint with, like, music underneath of it to, like, put the lyrics, and yeah. they didn't always know what it was either, so yeah. they were just, like, words. But they were, like, super simple. You could never find music videos or, like, there used to not really be a time when music was uploaded by the artists on YouTube. It was just yeah. kind of, like, we uploaded it because we wanted it, and, like, they didn't have lyric videos until later when they realized how many people would make lyric videos of their songs and just make, you know, they would just have millions of views because it was, like, the best lyric video out there. And it yeah. wasn't by the artist. It was by some, like, fifth grader who really loved this song and it's like I want a lyric video you know yeah and a lot of the videos were made like you said with uh powerpoint or with uh movie maker maker, and it was just like like maybe pink or blue words on the back black background or if you got lucky you could find a music video with images and most of them were from like photobucket.com do you remember that and it would just like either slide through or just like fizzle in and it was just (laughs) typical pictures yeah just from anywhere and sometimes there were like anime pictures do you remember that i think anime Anime pictures were some of the first yeah those were some of the first ones that i remember seeing that weren't just the lyric videos Mm -hmm. Because they would just like throw on anime because what else were they supposed to use? Yeah. And everybody loves anime characters. I think that also is kind of where the start of like AMV videos came from, which I didn't realize until like the past five years of my life that AMV stands for anime music video. Yeah. Um, but like literally they would just make clips of an anime and they'd take out the like the words and make like put a song to it. Like that was just like a thing. Yeah. Like, a huge trend. Yeah. Do you have other stories you wanted to talk about? Um, I. I do have another one, and this is like rewinding back yeah. to uh, more along the lines of childhood. My grandparents had a, a huge house, uh-huh. beautiful. My grandpa built it all himself, and my grandma's bathroom was uh, black mostly yeah. and rainforest themed. Okay, she wasn't a beach. No, there. my grandma had the most unique taste. And the tub was black. I feel like that's where you got it from. The tub was black. Mm-hmm. The toilet was black. The sink was black. I want to see that. And everything so else is gold. Beautiful. I wish I could show you what it looked like then because she had a giant concrete cheetah statue that sat over like the tub with a huge like rainforest plant. I wish I had a picture. Oh my my sister. Someone has a picture. My cousin has the cheetah statue. But anyway, oh it was spooky as all heck when you turn the lights off. Yeah. Because there's there's huge mirrors on the wall with the tub, and there's uh-huh. huge mirrors on the opposite wall. So we had the genius idea to play Bloody Mary, because yeah. that's what you do. That's what you do. I don't even know where someone first heard about this, but it was just like a known thing of like yeah. what Bloody Mary was. Uh, amongst kids, who 
and how did we find out about we just it? All, like, it was like, it's almost like children have a hive mind, you know? Yeah. Where they all secretly are hearing things from each other without realizing it, and then as we get older, we shut off that ability. I'm just You're saying. So ju- theory. Hive <laughs> mind theory. theory. Yes, let's do that. That's because it's so weird. Because kids will have like the same games, like just across the world. And it's like how? How are so they all right. the same Anyways, let's. Continue. We can go into that on a different yes. podcast. But so, um, we decided to do this because my cousin came in. I don't remember where he used to live, but he was the one who gave us the idea. And he was really into the spooky stuff. So that's where we got the idea from. Maybe he got it from a friend. Maybe it was the, the child hive mind. So we're in there and we do it and we close our eyes and we're ready for spooky time. And it's real. And we spin around three times and we say Bloody Mary. And um, of course nothing happened because you that's think. what happens. You, you sit there and you kind of get nervous and your heart rate goes up. But that's so the fast. fullest extent. But he, uh, my cousin, was a really big fan of those scary types of things. So the whole time that he stayed, and for some reason he, maybe it was like a tiny vacation or something, but he stayed with my grandparents for a couple of weeks, I think. Yeah. And he used to do that kind of stuff with us all the time. We went into a, a place in my grandparents' house that we called The Hole. It was just underneath this middle living room section that was kind of like almost like a floating area but you could go in and you couldn't stand up in it you could only crawl through it and it was very small and uh mostly for storage Mm -hmm. but we were kids and they let us make a hideout in there Mm -hmm. so we had blankets set up and pillows and it was a fort it was a fort of all forts Mm -hmm. string lights and we had a little, it was such an old-fashioned lamp, because this is so long ago. It was like the lamp off of the Pixar yeah. inter- introduction theme. So we had this lamp, and there was a uh, shark, a red shark balloon. We ripped the mouth open of the red shark balloon and put it over the lamp. And the whole little room was red and dark and scary. And he just, like, got in, and he got all serious, and he just starts telling us all these scary stories. And we're kids, and we're curious, and we're ready, and we're just here for it, 100%. And it was the best. I just remember that story so funny. Scary moments when you're a kid. (laughs) See, I was such an opposite. I never could do scary movies, couldn't do scary stories. I got freaked out super easy. Like, the scariest movie, like the first scary movie I watched was in 8th grade, I watched Zombie Land, which isn't scary. Yeah. So, anyways, but the story I really want to tell, and I think it might have to be, I'm, it'll be my last story, I think, and if you have one more, but this will probably be the end. So, uh, my story, though, is my theory on where I got my motion sickness from. So I used to never be motion sick. We took car trips all the time. I, you know, just did whatever. And I never had a problem with motion sickness. Now, maybe I always was motion sick, but I was able to sleep in the car a lot. And anytime I'm asleep, I don't get motion sickness. Mm-hmm. But basically, I spent the weekend with my friend one time. And we have this thing called the Eastbury Fair. And it was a huge deal, and I'd never been to it before, so it was far enough away from my house that it wasn't easy to go to, and we just didn't care enough. But she literally lives next to it. So it was going on, and we went there all weekend. And we, they had, like, literally four rides there, you know, fair rides. They yeah. had the octopus, which it goes like this and in a circle. They had a scrambler. They had a salt and pepper shaker, which is when you're in, like, these little compartments, and they put you upside down, and, like, it's literally the tiniest thing ever. And then they also have one of those kitty roller coasters that has, like, two hills. Oh, is it like, the dragon? Yeah, probably. So we did the scrambler a lot, and because it's pretty empty of a fair, it only just be me and her, so we'd be getting slung to the side together, and there was never a worry about, like, someone else being in the car with us. Yeah. The one time there was, we were, like, making sure they couldn't get next to us. Not, like, physically, but we were just, like, we didn't want them slamming into us when you go around those turns really fast, because we were just, like, middle school girls, and we're not comfortable We don't want to be crushed. So we did that, and the octopus, though, like, literally dozens of times. I only did the salt and pepper shaker once, and it made me kind of sick, so I was like, you can't do that one again, because that one's upside down. Um, But we did those... Literally, like, the octopus we did at least ten times. Like, I'm not even exaggerating. Ever since then, though, I've noticed that if I go on a particularly windy car ride, or if I do ride similar to that, again, I'm more prone to motion sickness. And I think I just, like, hecked myself over by, like, going hard. Really? That's just, like, always been my theory since. Or maybe it's just because you got older and your body changed, question mark? Yeah. Because I feel like whenever I go to the fair, I really... I know I can handle it, because I've always been able to handle rides. I most of the time opt out, but I've never had a bad experience. Yeah. But now that I'm grown up, 
I am excited about it, and I go to get on, but I get distracted by the food, and then I eat, and then I look at them, and I'm like, no, I don't think I want to go. Food is more important than rides, because you're paying. Fair food is good. Yeah, you're paying big money, and if I'd rather pay big money for something I can eat Mm -hmm. and hold in my hand than something I'm going to experience. Yeah. But I I would love to go to a place to get rides. I remember, I'm not sure if it was the East Perry Fair. It Mm. may have been Mayfest, which Mm. is still in Perryville, where we're from. We were on... It, it seems like those times we had the shadiest rides. We were They're on, all shady. They, they Fair are. rides are shady, okay? We were on a Ferris wheel that went up, but it wasn't a regular Ferris wheel. You were in, like, the, the pods, and mm-hmm. it kind of reminded me almost of the pods that you're in when you're in a salt and pepper shaker because they're kind of loose on the side, mm-hmm. and you can swing back and forth. So we got to swinging, and we went upside down at the top of the ferris wheel and thankfully we weren't upside down for long and it flipped over eventually but that was terrifying because yeah. first of all i don't think that was supposed to happen no. second of all we could fall it out mm-hmm. and just die yeah, those literally there's don't no, they're not there's, no there's a little bar that's it that's it yeah i don't even think there was a top to it we were just like holding on for our lives also just one more thing i want to slip in when it comes to uh roller coaster stories mm-hmm. i remember taking a school field trip to six flags and we were getting ready to take off on the Batman, and my harness, the, it's a big, huge yeah. thing, wasn't on tight enough. I could feel it, and right before we went, I, like, clicked it in. Just seconds. Like, we were going. And I, I like, I was like, this doesn't feel right, and I kind of moved it, and it went click. And I was like, what would have happened if I didn't click that? that is you would have been the, you would have been on one of Shane's videos where he talked about horrible roller coaster deaths like that would have been you oh my god oh i mean hopefully it was just on a loose setting right. maybe because like bigger people yeah. obviously get in but i would have flopped around <laughs> anyway i think that was that was really good story time this was good and i just like we thought we were talking about this before and we're like we'll think of stuff during and it was super true like we both just kind of like figured stuff out yeah well this is honestly why we decided to name the podcast thought hoarders because this is really how caitlin and i talk on the daily we just just we'll just start a conversation about anything or everything and more and more things just pop up it might be memories it Mm -hmm. might be story times it might be ideas like we we might go into the beehive conspiracy on another episode but we just want to share it with you guys and we hope that you can find some humor and yeah relate to some of our stories um because honestly the audience that we're trying to to really reach out to the most is people who are probably around our same age and have most likely experienced the same things as us and can truly relate yeah especially with i think of the horse thing all the time like i want all you horse people to know we are here for you this is the horse kid fan club here the horse kid fan club Thanks again, guys, for watching. Thank you so much. Again, please like, subscribe. Just We want to hear from you, so just let us know what you're thinking. Even if you're watching this two years from when it's posted, ten years from when it's posted, just tell us that you watched episode whatever this is and be like, it will be like, awesome. Like, let us know, okay? But we will see you guys next time, okay? Bye! Bye. <laughs>